Peace and prosperity is my first salute to you. I'm Merton Clark, and welcome to the Word of Truth Revealed podcast. It is my desire to build you up, to increase your spiritual stamina and tenacity, to empower effectiveness and help you discover your purpose. Enjoy this vibrant and dynamic message. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, Galilee, and news of him went out through all surrounding region. And he taught in their synagogue, being glorified by all. So he came to Nazareth, where he was raised up, where he was brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. When he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Verse 18, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives and the recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. God sat down. And the eyes, the eyes of all who were in the synagogues were fixed on him. And he began to say, and began, he began to say to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. And all born witness, so all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is this not Joseph's son? Is this Bootsy? Is it Bootsy? How many of you all have nicknames up in here? Come on, you know your nigga. Every black person has a nickname. <laughs> well, God still can use you. And if you heard this morning's message, which I want you to go back and get, God wants to touch your life. There's a mantle being created for you. That's why you're suffering violence. The enemy don't want you to wear it, but he's tailored it for you. In spite of your pedigree or what you came out of, what the devil said to you, what the devil is trying to do, God is preparing something for you to do. And today, the scripture is fulfilled in your ears. I'm dealing with a series of messages from a series called The Garment of Distinction. The cloak or the mantle is a garment of distinction. And I need to deal with how God is crafting this thing and working it out for you. The devil don't want you to get it, wants your sorrows to overtake you, but you got to tear it, tear sorrow away so you can embrace the new mantle that he has for you. Amen. We talk about trading our sorrows and trading our pain and laying it down for the joy of the Lord. Good song. Trading our sickness. Well, you got to tear away sorrow so you can bring Embrace the, the garment that he's preparing for you, the mantle that he has. I want to share with you from this thought, the pivot toward the prophetic. The pivot 
pivot, ah, the pivot ah, toward the prophetic. And as our church is pivoting toward prophetic unction, practice, pronounce, pronunciation, and, and pronouncement, and he's going to use us to do some great things in the region. This will be a waterhole for many people to find the direction of God. Because I'm not going to do all of the prophesying. Come suffer with me. Come suffer with me. Come and help me to prophesy. Tear away your attitude. Tear away your attitude finally. God. And pick up the cloak that's being released for you. So you can do what God has called you to do. And suffer with me. Suffer with me. Help me to bear the burden that's on this ministry. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for your word and I thank you for the increase. I thank you for the mind to comprehend, the lips to proclaim, the ear to hear, the heart to receive, the spirit to contain. We will give you glory. Father, I thank you that as the world is turning toward darkness, the church is pivoting toward the prophetic. And I thank you that, that you would help me, Holy Spirit, to articulate the real heart of prophecy today and how we should practice it as a church. Give us the wherewithal to speak light in the darkness, to shine the light in the darkness, but speak light, speak life. And thank you, Father, that ears will hear and minds will comprehend. Do it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, minstrels. God bless you. I read to you out of Luke chapter 4, one of my favorite books of the Bible. It is uh, the, one of the synoptic gospel writers, Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all write as synoptic gospel writers. They write of the same thing. The only different one is John, who also writes first, he writes first, second, and third John and the book of Revelations on the Isle of Patmos. Today we're looking at Luke. He primarily writes to the Greeks. Uh, you'll see parables here and philosophy. The Greeks were big on Zeus and philosophy. Plato, folk like that, great philosophy. You see people today, great minds. They want to know and examine everything. Read the book of Luke and let God bless you. Notice Luke only writes to one. He writes to the great Theophilus the most excellent. He also writes the book of Acts, same person to the most excellent Theophilus. As I shared with you, I have the task of preaching and teaching to the descendants of rap and people like Tupac, who they know more about Pac than they know about Luke. And my job is to make sure that you hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. In the fourth chapter, I started at verse 13, verses starting at verse 18, it says, now when the devil had ended every temptation. In other words, Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days and for 40 nights. I want to talk to people who are coming out of great testing. Those of you that are coming out of great struggle. Sometimes it's not just family struggle. It's internal struggles in your own mind. I want to see you overcome these things. In other words, and the Lord spoke to me to tell you this, it's going to hurt. He is not going to baby you anymore. 
There are some of us, we've been with Jesus a long time, man. We're still struggling over these same things year after year. This is the time to tear it away and embrace the cloak that he's releasing for you. And you can't wear both. You can't wear sackcloth and ashes and have the garment of praise. You have to release sackcloth and ashes to embrace and to wear perfectly the garment of praise. He gives it away. Amen. He takes it away or trades it away. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And the Bible says that the enemy ended his temptation and departed from Jesus. He was tempted for 40 days and 40 nights. You know that. He asks him to command the stones to be made bread. He takes him to a high mountain and shows him all of the kingdoms of the world. And then to the pinnacle of the temple. Like he's doing so many of us today. Taking us to media. The high mountain of social media. Showing you what's possible. And a lot of us know more about secular things than we know about the sacred. We know about whatever's happening in the world, but we're not spending time in the word. And Satan is transporting us there. We're judging spiritual things through carnal means. We're trying to make sense out of what's happening in the world by watching the news. Fox News, CNN, MSNBC don't have it all. We got the word. Read Matthew 24, Matthew 25. Read the book of Revelations and you'll see God working in all of this. Because they don't have a remedy. All they can do is pass on information. And some of it is skewed. It's skewed. You get the word, you get what Jesus said about it. He said these things would come. He said that there's going to be pestilence. There's going to be all kinds of viruses coming. You're also going to see pharmacale. You're going to see a, a prescription drug and some un, illegal drugs for every ailment. We're living in that time and that that, 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 that era that the Bible talked about years ago where everybody wants a drug to fix the issue. The Bible talks about these things happening. And you need to read Matthew 24 and Matthew 25. And Jesus says, when you see this, don't rejoice. It's just the beginning of sorrow. I don't know why anybody would want to hang out in the streets when Jesus is already telling you, you're going to see those in the streets running to the church and people who got Jesus want to go back in the world thinking you're going to find life. The, the thing that the world doesn't understand prophetically is that there is, um, there is no life in the streets. They don't understand that, that there is no redemption. So you can go to any kind of, uh, kind of support group or have anybody counseling you. If they don't have redemption as a remedy to the problem, all you're doing is moving dirt from one hole into the next hole and rearranging all of that stuff when God wants to give you life and life more abundantly. Can someone say amen? amen. Prophetically, we have the answer. And Jesus, come on, Andre, Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him, there is no other. Jesus is the way. And if you don't have at the end of your, con your, the end of your conversation something to deal with redemption, coming to the end of yourself, walking through the blood, having him wash your conscience clean, and giving you what we call new birth, glory to God, you must be born anew, born again. If you don't have that in the end of your message or whatever you're doing, all you're doing is just transferring corruption. Because there's no life without the blood. Can someone say amen? After Jesus is tested, to the, for those of us that have been going through, glory to God, the enemy has really tried us 
there's another dimension here. He returns in the power, notice, in the power of the Spirit. And I just want to decree and declare that Holy Ghost is still working in the church and he's still working in you. Well, you may say, well, Bishop, I don't feel the Holy Ghost. Sit down, please. Let me teach. You don't have to feel the Spirit every day for, to know that he's there. You need to have faith in God. He said, I'll never leave you. Come on, I'm preaching the word. You don't have to feel it every day. How many of you, how many of you raised, how many of you want your kids to have to feel your presence and they're 40 years old? They should know mom and daddy is with them. How many of you want a teenager in your house, they got to ask for permission to open the refrigerator? I just come as humble as I know, mama, can I get some milk, please? I'm just coming, I'm just coming as humble as I know. Or do you want them boldly, not cocky, but boldly to say, you know what, I'm a part of this family. I'm going to relax up in here. I want to have a good time. I'm going to treat everybody right, but this is my house too. Can somebody say amen? That's how you want your teenagers to be, right? Why in the world would we have a relationship with God, but we got to come as humble as we know how? That's all religion, and religion will kill the move of the Spirit. Religion, tradition, ignorance, and irrelevance. God wants a relationship. Amen. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, you can have it. And I just decree and declare, Spirit is on you. Spirit is, the Holy Ghost is on you, working in you, guiding you, and leading you right back, watch this, to that place that you left. You got to visit home before you go to the world. What do you mean? Coming home, yes. I got to deal with my own trash at my own house. I got to go back to Nazareth. I got to go back to those things that I just tucked away. God is making something new, but I got to deal with Nazareth. Spirit got to take me there. I was there in the natural. Now I need to be there in spirit or in the power of the spirit. Amen. God is going to help you to tear away from some things that you carrying in the past so you can embrace this new thing that he has for you. Glory to God. The Bible says since he taught and he taught in their synagogues being glorified by all. Amen. So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up and as his custom was, notice forsake not the custom. It is the custom of the church to assemble together. Now listen to me, there are people who are never going to return back to the building because they have new age, new ages hit them. We really don't have to do it this way. And we really don't have to do it that way. I can recline at home in my pajamas and get on my iPad and watch service. What in the world is, what is going on with our people? Where are the real parents at? Where are the people who say, you know what? The Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. For as often as you do, you gain strength. While you rely, reclining, talking about this is the new age, you're leaking strength. You're leaking spiritual fortitude. And the next storm is going to take you out. You're not doing me a favor when you come to the house. You're saving your own family. 
You can recline all day with your attitude. We not babying that no more. Get yourself together. Dust yourself off. Awake, awake. Come on, Isaiah 52. Put on your strength. Uh, put on beautiful garments. Shake yourself from the dust and arise. Loose yourself from the bands of your neck. Oh, captive daughters. They had a yoke on your neck leading you everywhere they wanted to go. But God says, I'm loosing the neck, the shackles on your feet, and the yoke on your neck so you can get back to what you know. Get yourself together. Nobody going to baby you no more. You know better than this stuff. Get yourself back into the heartland again. Ooh, Jesus. You going to church and telling you what that you want to hear and that's the word of the Lord? No. God don't tell you what you want to hear. God tells you what you need to hear. God didn't make you comfortable in what you do. God makes you uncomfortable so you can please him. Purpose of church is not to saturate and to massage what you do. It's to shift you into another season. Can somebody say? Get yourself together. Come on, I'm rebuking in the spirit. That's right, I'm rebuking in the spirit. Glory to God. He went into Sabbath day, stood up and read out of the book of Isaiah. There is a mantle on Isaiah, that, a cloak that was floating until it landed on Jesus. We believe that Isaiah is called the Messianic prophet. His, his book resembles the 66 books of the Bible. There are 66 chapters in the book of Isaiah. There's an Old Testament and a New Testament. If you want to know something about Jesus prophetically, you need to read it. Because he every so, every so often, even as he's prophesying in his, in his day to Israel... He's hoisted from time to time and starts recording the very words that Jesus would speak. Like in Isaiah chapter 61, you see this fulfilled in Luke chapter 4. So if you read it, it's almost verbatim. And Jesus said today, what Isaiah prophesied hundreds of years earlier is fulfilled in your ears. There's a prophetic mantle that was released when Isaiah was taken up and Jesus caught it. And begin to function in it real time. And I'm here to tell you that God has released a word. And he's not waiting for me or any preacher to sew this cloak that he's trying to get to you. He's tailoring it himself. It's tailor made for you. You're supposed to fulfill scripture in this age. Listen to what I say. Not me alone. Come suffer with me. You are supposed to fulfill scripture in this lifetime. You have a mandate on your life. You must get busy about the work of God. There's a mantle for fathering. There's a mantle for mothering. There's a mantle for families. There's a mantle for business that God wants to rest on you. He tailored it for you. You're not supposed to recline. Shift some gears. Get yourself together. 
get into the fight and into the heartland. Let God drape you with what he needs to drape you with. Put it on you. Tear off the past and put on what God is trying to get to you so we can win the region. We can change the world. We can turn this city around. We can get stuff that nobody's ever thought we can do if you let God do it. Let God be true in every man a liar. Where you at? Where you at? You on the team? That's right. Everybody's not going to be on the team. They're not coming back. But we got to pick this motley crew up and start moving toward the goal line. I know there's injuries. I know a few of us are limping. That's all right. God wants to heal you. Get you back in the fight so you won't say, we won this because I'm all that. You'll say, Jesus healed me. Jesus fulfilled it. Jesus worked inside of me. Jesus turned this stuff around. I'm on preaching better than you're saying amen. We got too many people talking about what they've done and what they can do when we need to say he did it all. He wipes away all tears. He heals the broken heart. He is the answer to it all. What's his name? Kathy was singing Jesus, say the name of Jesus, while I was in Savannah, Georgia, in this small church. And as she was singing the song, the church was, was really up in, in praise and worship. But what happened is the, the sound man looped the song. It was a, um, a, a soundtrack. He looped it, and she began to sing it after the song had ended just humming it in the spirit and the Holy Spirit fell in this church like you've never for an hour and a half for an hour and a half he shook it the pastor's brother went into the ground put his hands in the dirt brought it and said break the curse brought me sand from the house sand that was in the yard dirt all on it said break the curse and the spirit of God broke the curse the church has been able to grow and to expand since then and I'm here to tell you the same anointing is on you to break the, 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 the curse of the enemy over your house, over your children over your stuff in the name of Jesus wear the mantle he told me he's releasing a mantle on his people, not just on me, but on you to do mighty exploits. That girl is still singing a song and I'm still holding the microphone preaching and God let me know I haven't left you and I haven't forsaken you. And what I started in Savannah, I'm going to let it sweep through the land. Can somebody say amen? Come on, give him praise. He's visiting your house. He's visiting your family. I saw these three heavy set girls sitting on the front row, and God told me to rebuke incest. And when I said it, they started shaking. They gained weight because they were hurt. 
They didn't know how to deal with it. They didn't know how to deal with the pain. So they, they just kept eating until they gained weight. Women were going in the bathroom throwing up lumps. Lumps were coming out of their body. And the God that moved in Savannah will move right here. He'll move in your family. These growths that you have, the stuff that's going on in your body can come out. There's a mantle for it. There's a mantle. All robbers visited me in spirit. And he had a mantle. I asked him, can I wear your vest? And he took it off. And he draped it on me. It was 12 buttons. And I realized I had to give it back. And God spoke to me in this vision and said, I have one for you, tailor made. Not only for me, he's preparing one for you. Lift your hands and receive. Glory, hallelujah. There is a mantle that he's... Ah, Esther! If you worship, you'll start sensing it. It's prepared for you. No one else can wear it. No one else can mimic it. It's for you. Glory to God. Learn to worship and release. Tear yourself away from what happened in the past. And embrace this moment. Can somebody say amen? There's one for you. Tasha Wynn, there's one for you. Nobody can wear it. You've got to wear it. You've got to tear away from the past. Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. How in the world does Jesus take that mantle that was released from Isaiah? He takes the mantle that was released from Isaiah. And in verse 18 he says, for the spirit is upon me. The mantle rested on him fulfilling the scripture that Isaiah prophesied. And there is a previous word prophesied over you that God is going to fulfill in your lifetime. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because he has anointed me. Say he's anointed me. Well what has happened to me? What's all this hell? You, it's because you're anointed. Anytime the anointing comes you're going to see dust storms. And anytime renewal is there you're going to hear a noise in the valley. Don't get distracted because of the noise. Stick with the plan. Touch your neighbor and say stick with the plan. It don't have to look pretty. Anytime you build anything, it's going to look messy before it looks pretty. Stick with the plan. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because he has anointed me. Say it with me. It's because I'm anointed. You went through the hell because you're anointed. They misunderstood you because you're anointed. Everything seems to come at you. Even bad stuff. It is the anointing that attracts everything anyway. Well, I didn't ask for this, God. I didn't ask for that, God. 
God says, I'm sending everything to the anointing. You have to say, I'm not going to deal with this, and I'm not going to deal with that, and I'm not going to carry this over, and I'm not going to carry that over. That is in my past. I'm moving toward my future. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. For he has anointed me to preach or to prophesy the gospel to the poor. I am deputizing you to prophesy the testimony of Jesus. You don't have to know names, house numbers, and all of the stuff that all of the premier prophets of our day are trying to do. Can you talk about Jesus? Come on, say his name. Why is it hard for sons of God to just say that name? I'll say, say it, and you get quiet. You don't understand that the devil don't want you to say that name. Because if you say it, the shackles on your children are going to break off. If you say it, the devil is not going to be able to mess your mind up. If you say it, you don't have to pay for the past. If you just say the name, demons tremble at the sound of the name. You don't have to be intellectual. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to do everything you think you should do. Just say the name. You say that name, stuff that has been holding you back starts losing its grip. Can somebody say amen? He sent me to proclaim the gospel to the poor. Come on, say justice. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. This anointing is going to heal. This cloak that you're wearing will heal broken hearts. Yes, God know the heart that was broken. Years ago, God says this is the season to heal it all. Conrado, he's going to release an anointing on you to heal the broken hearted. This will not come through intellect. It comes through the cloak that he's releasing to you. Glory to God. You don't have to be smart. You don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. You don't have to be smart, intellectual. But you need this cloak. Sit your behind down and let God come. Not only are you proclaiming liberty to the captives, the recovery of sight. Listen, supernatural enlightenment is coming to those because of this cloak that he's placing on you. Supernatural insight, how-tos, and interpreters. Interpreters, they're people who can hear or see the mystery of God, and then there are others who can interpret it real time. Some people can tell you what's coming, but then there's a word of wisdom that's coming as well to show you what to do with what he's showing you. We got a whole lot of word of knowledge, but this is the season for the word of wisdom. Can somebody say amen? The recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. He then closed the book, which means there's a moment with this cloak you're not supposed to say no more. There are people who think you're supposed to prophesy every day. It's not right. Even Jesus said enough 
is enough. He closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, look at this, and sat down. One of the things that has to happen in this season is that we stop following prophets and follow the major one. The senior who is Jesus and even himself who is the word made flesh at times will get silent so people can walk in their destiny. You don't need somebody prophesying to you every day and don't you do it. Follow the template that Jesus gave. He gave the book back to the attendant. Look at the word. Sat down. And once you sit down. After releasing the word, let God work it out. Everybody's eyes that you're trying to get because you prophesied, their eyes were now fixed on him. If you want the world to recognize you, let God arise instead of you arising. If you want the world to recognize the gift, give God space to work it out. There are times even with me that I need to put the mic down and sit down. Drop it, and then I'm out. I don't let people try to make me to be their God. And he uses me. But you can't look to me that way. Look past me to him. Look past me to who? To God. Look at the Bible. Their eyes were fixed on him. It's right there in verse 20. Then he spoke from his seat. Today, the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. As a prophetic people, we, there are moments and seasons as we journey with God that we must pivot from just feeding on the word preached. We need to pivot to more of a prophetic posture. And God is moving our church from just grazing in the field. Yeah, he leads me beside the still waters. He leads me in the green pastures. But now we need to pivot. See yourself pivoting to more of a prophetic posture. A leaning, hey, Miss Daisy, how you doing? Leaning into the things of God. Think about this. Pivot to a more prophetic what? Posture. The prophetic posture is at ready. It's not reclining. Not being laid back like this with God. The prophetic posture is I'm going to plant my feet and I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready to move. I'm getting ready to hear. I'm getting ready to move. This is what God told Moses. Hallelujah. Good God. The prophetic posture. I wish I had time to go there. The prophetic posture is tonight at twilight. I need you to kill the fatted calf. I'm sorry. The lamb. The spotless lamb. And I want you to take the blood and put it over the doorpost. I'm sending the avenger through the land. I'm sending the death angel. He will kill all the firstborn of the Egyptians. But also my people if they won't put blood over the doorpost. I need you to enter into your house and stay there. But I also need you to eat. I need you to roast this spotless lamb. Eat the meat. And all of the herbs that I'm putting there. And I need you to dress up with your staff in your hands. Even though it's nighttime. 
And I want you to get in the posture of leaving. Now, many of us wouldn't follow God to that degree. What? That doesn't make sense. Why would I pack my bags and he hadn't released me yet? Why would I dress up and I'm still in bondage? Why would I, why would I dress up and have a staff in my hands when I don't see no movement? Can you just obey and get in the posture because God is about to release you? You don't have to understand nothing. But get in the posture like it's time to move. They had to eat like that, not really knowing what would happen, and got ready. They got ready the night before, and God delivered them through the night season that in the next morning, they would move. He wants the posture before you see the positioning. I decree and declare a new posture over our ministry. Not this reclining, laid back with my mind on my money and my money laid back. Always laid back. You got to pick it up, man. Come on, Alpha. You got to pick it up now. Change your mindset and start seeing God delivering your family. And you got to get in the posture of deliverance before you see deliverance. It's a prophetic, I'm at ready posture. Amen. When I preach, stop laying back, sitting back, reclining. Oh, man, the game. What? You've been watching games, and games are being played on you. The devil is playing with your life and wants to steal your legacy. How close is he to the goalpost? Is he about the score? Let me help you. Is the devil about to score on you? If you're not in the posture of ready, the prophetic posture, he's moving his ball. He's moving the marbles. He's moving the systems. Manipulator. M-A-N-I-P-U-Lator. Manipulator. He's manipulating you. If you're not in the prophetic posture. He's working behind the scenes while you're sad. Trying to strip your children of their destiny. You must tear it away. So you can pick up the mantle. Can somebody say amen? Perilous times must see arise. In the proper function. Of the prophetic mantle. Remember the mantle is not a cloak. Today that you wear on your shoulders. It's a calling. It's a calling. It's a functionality. It's a calling that God wants to rest on you. You've been called by God. You say, well I'm not a fivefold ministry preacher. You don't have to be. There's a prophetic mantle that he's sewing for you. He stitched it for you. He tailored it. For you. God expects to uh, achieve specific things through the church. And it can't happen if we're not in the prophetic posture. There must be a rise in the prophetic function. There must be a, uh, a specific thing that God wants to do. If you rise in the prophetic function, you begin to understand that God expects to achieve specific predetermined results through us in our world. And it has to be done before breath leaves our body. 
So God not only provides, provides the prophetic posture and the functionality of the mantle, but he also provides us with officers, with officers to help manage the movement. I happen to be one of the senior managers of that in this ministry. And so trust me as I follow Christ. I'm not telling you put total trust in me, but I, I know what he's telling me to do. And I'm going to help you to wear your mantle well. One of the things the mantle should never do is to cause you to separate from the body. See, I don't trust nobody and I got to stay in my own little corner because I don't trust that. Did you, why are you even in it? Jesus didn't do it. Jesus had all of this anointing, went into the synagogue like everybody else. If you're a prophet, you should have a local church. Not that you pastor, that you go to and submit to. I'm preaching better than you saying amen. Jesus did it, entered into the synagogue as a prophet, and so should you. You don't go just to preach. You go to be ministered to and for accountability. God never wanted us to be comfortless. That's why he sent the Holy Ghost. So he sent the Holy Spirit. He's also sending forth prophets with a specific mandate to help guide his people back to him. God is not trying to take you to new territory and he's not king there. See, this is going to happen. God's going to bless you with money. But, but uh, you going into new territories, okay? Is he there? He always brings us back to an interdependence on him. You notice when you have kids, they're totally dependent on you. Then they go through this independent stage. I can do it, mama. I got it. I got it, daddy. What are you talking about? What? That, that's what they go through, right? Kind of let them have to do that until they step in holes. Before it's said and done, they go back to, I need you. Even if they don't say it. Because that's how God designed it. You can't escape my counsel. You came from me came from me. You can't escape what he put in me for you. You won't make it without the counsel. Ah, God from Zion. Wear the mantle well, mama. Wear the mantle well, daddy. You're not supposed to take care of everything. You're supposed to receive, release counsel. Not supposed to be everything to all people. Just, just release the counsel. And let God work in it to will and to do of his good pleasure. Ah. So there's several things that I need to start in and I'll finish it a little later. There's several things that I believe functions of the prophetic mantle that God wants to manifest in our church. Glory to God. I'll, I'll start it today and I'll finish. I'll, I'll work with it next week. It's going to be several weeks. I know Christmas time is coming, but he don't have me talking about mangers right now. I'm talking about mantles. So all of this, the new year has to have a theme. God says, I don't even want you following that pattern anymore. I'll tell you when to shift. It doesn't always shift in January. Your shift may be today. Your new, new year may have started in October. Even the government, even businesses start in October. The physical year, it don't start in January. Why are you waiting on January to do something new? From the rising of the sun to the going. Not a year. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. Your name is worthy to be praised. 
So the function of the prophetic call of God is to inquire of God for his people. Number one, one of the functions of the prophetic mantle, this is why God sends officers. You need to understand that. You may look at me and say, Bishop, man, you're coming across like you're angry and you're always rebuking us. Absolutely. I'm the prophet. I'm the prophet. I'm the, I'm the small elf father of this ministry. Small elf. Listen to what I say. And my job is to correct you, is to use the rod and the staff to comfort. What is the rod for? It's for correction. Good. How do, you, how do you go to church? You never correct it. That's like saying you never do anything wrong. I do things wrong. I need to be corrected. Who's correcting you? You need somebody in your life that can walk across your field. With a mantle now, they walk across your fields. The stuff that you plow and you don't get so mad that you lose it. For this one, I'm going to give you that grace to walk across my fields because I believe you love me. To disrupt what I plow, my, my plow, straightly plowed um, aisles, uh, what do you call it in agriculture? Rows. My straight rows that I've been spending a lot of time to plow. You need somebody that can step right over it. All right, that's an end to that. We need to move. Anybody ever work for the post office? Tell you about, you know why people shoot up the post office? <laughs> There's no love in the post office. When I started working at the post office, as a young man, I got out of the military. It was one of the first jobs that I landed is the post office. And I was happy. Oh, postman, postman, postman always rings twice. Post, what? When I got in the mist and the way they were handling folk, okay, I want you to come in at one in the morning. You work for two hours, then we're going to give you a break for four hours. Come back at six. That's how they were handling the workers. Guess what? I needed a job. I didn't say I'm quitting. I needed a job. All right, you're a big man. Get on that truck and I want you to unload this. Ain't nobody helping me. So I'm pushing all these barrels of mail. Guess what? You got to get them out because another truck is coming in. You never get a sense of accomplishment because the mail constantly comes in. You got to get it up. Supervisor is real nasty. All right. As soon as you're taking a pile of mail, you get it down to my baby. Ten more, ten more pieces. All right. Get out of that. I need you to go over here. I'm almost done. Listen. Get over there. Talking to you like that. Slave labor. Slave labor. They're paying you pennies. They're making big dollars. And if you don't have your mind together, I can see I come up and just shoot it all up. <laughs> Thank God for Jesus. Amen. I'm talking about my supervisor was real skinny and squeaky voice and was an alpha, but he knew how to tell people what to do. You're standing right there. You see mail. You can pick it up. You're going all the way over here and get me. Bring me back to pick up something you could have brought to me. You never get a sense of accomplishment. God don't want that to happen with you. This is the reason why we need faith in the kingdom. Because you don't get a sense of accomplishment without faith. You keep doing the same thing and get bored. 
I didn't see God move today. I didn't see him moving through. You need the love of God, like Jacob, who loved so much that seven years seemed like one day. God will take you through your trials if you let him give you this mantle. Before Jacob ever met Rachel, he goes to Bethel. He's leaving his father's house. He goes to Bethel. There he lays on a hard rock. Anybody in a hard place right now? He lays down on a hard rock and go to sleep. And he saw heaven open. And a ladder extending from heaven. Descended into the earth with angels ascending and descending from it. And God gave him a covenant. He wakes up and says, is this not the gate of heaven? I just stole my brother's birthright and I stole his blessing and God still speaks to me. God, if you'll forgive me and bring me back to this spot, I will give you a tenth of all of my wealth. Tithing doesn't start with Moses. It starts with the greatest prophet of the Old Testament and his name is Jacob. Because he prophesied over his children and everything he said came to pass. It came from a father. That mantle for that rested on his shoulders at Bethel. When he meets Rachel, the mantle for his family rested on his shoulder with the promise of God that when he met her, even though he had to work for seven years, it was it seemed in his heart as only a few days. So God will redeem your time if you wear the mantle well. I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. You're looking at days and hours and God says, I will give you the grace for the moment. Ooh, Jesus. If you just wear the man, you got to tear away from what you're used to and embrace the moment. So remember, number one, the function of the prophetic call is to inquire of God for his people. So one of the things that I've done is ask God for you. Where do we go from here? What's next? This is what he's given me. This is a New Testament disaster right now. The Holy Spirit desires to be your guide, your counselor, unveiling truth or hidden secrets to you. But if modern day prophets don't understand that Holy Ghost really wants to speak to you, the prophet will speak instead of the Holy Ghost. This is a New Testament disaster that's taking place right now across the country. Yes, God raises up the prophetic to function in the prophetic call to inquire of God on behalf of the people. But this is a disaster right now in the 21st century. And God is going to correct it. We cannot fall into this trap. And that is, Holy Spirit was sent to do certain things. Number one, to comfort. Number two, he wants to guide. Number three, he wants to counsel you. Number four, he wants to unveil hidden secrets to you didactically. If these, the prophetic functioning laborers, don't understand this, that Holy Ghost wants to eventually be able to lead and guide you into truth. The prophet today will magnify himself in the pathway and say, I'll hear from God on your behalf all the time. It's a dangerous spot to be in 
Because you'll come to church. If I bring one in right now, you don't understand that. You'll be sitting at the seat to hear a word, to hear a word. When God wants to eventually wean you from that to where you can hear Holy Ghost say, turn this way. Don't go in the covenant over there. I need you to get into the house of God. Stop going to prophet meetings and get in the house of God. Get a word from God and start allowing me to speak from the word to you. Are you all listening? I'm not talking about God can't use prophetic meetings, but it is not your main course. It is only to give you direction until the Holy Ghost can rise up in you and start guiding you into all truth. I will not stand in the way of the Holy Spirit. Prophets are now doing what Satan did to Jesus in the wilderness. Standing in the way. Ooh, help me, Lord. When Jesus is in the wilderness being tempted of the devil, Satan says, if these, if, 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 if command these stones to be made bread, if you be the son of God. Satan says, I'll give you all of the kingdoms of the world and the mysteries and the wealth thereof if you bow down. And Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. In other words, you're in my way. I will inherit all of that anyway. I don't have to go through you. Prophets are now standing in the pathway saying, I want to be mediator for God's people. This is a New Testament disaster. Don't allow yourself, if God starts using you, to become somebody's guide versus the Holy Ghost guiding. This is a warning from the Spirit. Yes, I hear from God on your behalf, but I'm always moving out of the way so you can go to him. Always remember that. If you don't see that, it is not godly. I'm not saying the person isn't sent by God, but they don't understand what I'm releasing now. This is going to correct a lot of stuff in the kingdom. Believe me, I'm going to get attacked. When you start unveiling truth to nations, you're going to get attacked at that level. Where are my intercessors? If you see me out there, somebody need to pray for me. I'm not afraid, though. But I need your prayer. Thank you, Lord. 1 Samuel 7, and I'm closing with this, verse 2. Samuel is now the premier prophet. Remember, Eli is dead. Samuel now stands in that spot. Notice what he does. I said to you that the prophet's function, the prophetic function uh, that wears the ones that wear the mantle is called by God to inquire of God on behalf of the people. Look at First Samuel 7, look at verse 2. So it was that the ark remained in this particular location a long time, about 20 years. The Philistines had taken the Spirit of God out of Israel. God rescued it. Uh, the scripture says that there was a plague that came upon them. They got rid of the ark. But it stayed in this particular position, this particular place, for over 20 years. And some of you have the presence has been close to you but not with you for the last 20. You've done well but it's not in its proper place. You're okay with the presence being around you but you haven't totally surrendered. It's got to get in its proper place. Look at the word. Then Samuel spoke to all of the house of Israel saying if you return to the Lord with all your hearts 
and put away the foreign gods from among you and prepare your hearts for the Lord and serve him only. He will deliver you from the hand of the Philistines. In other words, there's some enemies that's plaguing your family. The sin of it is in your house. God says, I'm going to deliver you totally. But you have to make a move. Verse 4, so the children of Israel put away the bales and serve the Lord only. Look at this last verse. And Samuel said, gather all Israel and I will pray to the Lord for you. Notice God gives the prophetic in a house to hear or to inquire of the Lord on behalf of people, but not to become God. God wants to be God. The prophet prepares you for the visitation. Not to visit prophet. If you only have me and you don't have him, I'm not serving you as a pastor. I prepare the bride for the bridegroom. So get to know him. And that's why the Holy Spirit was sent. I'm going to teach you, but you got to talk to him. And if you pray, you're going to see deliverance. If you call the name of Jesus in your house, you're going to see the devil just unfurl. Because <laughs> the mantle that he's releasing for you is for your house. Thank you, Lord. Well, I'm going to close with that, and I'll come back again next week with that. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. It has been a real joy to share the Word of God with you. A special thank you to those who care for this ministry. No amount of financial support is too small. It is because of you this ministry is possible. To support us, go to our website at truthrevealed.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share with friends. Be sure to tag us when you share at Trim Nation One. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, I'll see you at the Word of Truth Revealed.